All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Wally and Mathot Show. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the holiday edition of the Wally and Mathot Show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot. This show brought to you by BEI, Bonisher Excavating, Inc., helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. And a reminder, if you see the snowplows out on the highways as they try to keep us all safe and keep the roads clear, just to use caution and travel safely through the holiday season. Uh, Math, speaking of holiday season, it would appear... You didn't get the memo on the dress up for the sweaters. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to be pinned as like the Grinch here by any means. Yeah, I don't really yeah. have any warm woolly sweaters, Wally, like you do. Like I've seen your corn dog sweater that you put on this morning. You look like a complete dork, but um, it gets hot, man. Like if I wear something like that, I'm going to be in a full sweat here and I'll be uncomfortable. And then my performance goes way down. I, I think that this might not be flame retardant like this might go up like a christmas tree if anything were to happen to this it, <laughs> it, it, it's hard. You're highly combustible like a little <laughs> excuse of a tree beside you <laughs> but see this all makes it all fits into the whole look uh for those who are listening on a podcast it's a bright red sweater it's beautiful it says reindeer down the front think of the new york rangers from top to the bottom it's got number nine yeah. on the sleeves and rudolph on the back like a hockey sweater this thing is mint did you did you did you actively Wally? Hang on. Did you yeah. actively go out and buy that yourself? Like, did you yes. did you buy that online and think I nailed it? This is a good idea. So, so, well, no question. If you see the sweater, it's beautiful. But here's the thing. So, uh, for the last five years, I think uh, we did a TSN special on on set at the last Sens home game. We would do uh, what we give Santa. We give the players from Santa whatever. So Bruce Garrick and I both wear holiday sweaters, and I would spend. I don't know, like a month looking for a holiday sweater online, which kind of had a hockey theme. So 
This hmm. is one. Another one I've got, which I complete accident because we moved the show was I bought one that looks like the Minnesota Wild uh, jerseys. And it says like the North Pole Elves and it's got captain and number 11 on it, which Zach Parisi was the captain. He was number 11 and Minnesota was hmm. in town. So everybody thought, oh, you're cheering for the Minnesota Wild tonight. I'm like, I just it's just a sweater, folks. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's we should get on with this because I'm gonna sweat, I'm gonna be like frosty and be melted by the end of this show. Yep. All right. Uh, maybe it's a good time to actually crack open a white water. Uh, coming up yes, in the show, is. we do have uh, Austin Watson stopping by, and of course, a little cameo appearance by Nick Paul through the middle of that. Uh, Craig is stopping by, lots of holiday questions I think he's got for us. Uh, we've got some headlines coming up brought to you by sportsinteraction.com, and of course, though, Meth, uh, our good friends at Whitewater, uh, as, as you know, uh, they came up with the 12 beers of Christmas, uh, which have been phenomenal to go through. They're all 12. I don't know how they come up with all these flavors, but they had the 12 different ones. Today's you, number Have you had 11. any of them? Have well, you today, had some of them? Today's number 11. And today is Prosecco Prosecco Ho Ho. It is yeah. a mimosa sour. Oh, you're having one this morning? <laughs> You're a beauty. Yeah, my uh, my wife had that one, and I tried it. It's so good. So good. It's, yeah. Yeah, okay. All yeah. right. That might get me through the show. Now, was that beer, down. Wally, was yeah. that beer, was that beer cold? They're all cold, yeah. I okay, have a fridge like a, just full you know, of white water Condensation beer. on it. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, it's, it's probably the heat given off by my sweater. Probably. It's screaming right now. Okay, it's, it's actually giving me a headache, too. All right, by the let's way, continue. You will not be getting employee of the month based on how I dressed up for this show. Fair enough. So, all right. Uh, also, come like uh, one thing I want to mention in our chat with Austin Watson is that every once in a while, there's players that come to your city you don't get a chance to know very well, or because they're we'll perceived third and fourth liners, they're pretty quiet, they're pretty out of the way. Um, think of, you know, Artem Zub's another guy who just doesn't appear very often because he's not comfortable talking in front of the camera. There's all kinds of reasons. Austin Watson's one of those guys who's played. Like uh, almost 600 professional hockey games with the AHL and the NHL, uh, he's he's done an awful lot. He played in the Stanley Cup final. We just don't know an awful lot about him. And so one of the I wanted to have him on after our golf tournament. When you talked yeah. to him too, Meth, you just saw what kind of a, a beauty he was, the personality he yeah. had, and I knew that his story would be very good to tell. And plus, he's just entertaining. So that's an interview. I think it's our longest interview we've done all year. Uh, just stay with it. It's really really good and lots of funny stuff. And it just because I don't know what I'm doing, it goes on different tangents all over the place. So it's really good. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, no, he's, right. he's book for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's do some headlines. Uh, we're going to make these short so we can get to the interview, but they are brought to you by sportsinteraction.com, Canada's online casino and sportsbook. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot and get the most competitive odds. And a reminder, even though the Sens aren't playing and the NHL is down, there's still plenty to bet on, including obviously the NFL. Uh, World Juniors is coming up. So that starts on Boxing Day. So there'll be some of that too. Uh, just go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Check out all kinds of crazy stuff. And don't forget they have an online casino as well. Okay, Beth. Uh, speaking yep. of kind of Team Canada and the and uh, what's going on, let's just start with the Olympics because that continues to be a hot button topic. Are you okay with your friends, basically, not going to the Olympics? The NHL is out. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, well, I think, uh, I mean, I don't know what your angle is here on this one, Wally, but for me, I think selfishly, I'm upset because I was looking forward to watching some legitimately good hockey, especially in February, 
where, you know, it's once every four years, something that I've always looked forward to watching, even as a player, I turn into this fan all of a sudden, but under the circum under the circumstances in the current climate right now, I understand the decision. It makes sense. I mean, if you head over there, you're fully vaccinated and you happen to get sick and then potentially have to sit out for three to five weeks, um, you know, in China, that's tough. And, and okay. But if the players want to go, then shouldn't they, shouldn't they be allowed? And I, I know this is, we're not yeah, going to solve but, this but, issue. But they've it's decided, very political. But they but, don't want to go. Wally, they don't want to go. Did you, t- like, I didn't hear one player tell me or say publicly they didn't want to go. I heard Steven Stamkos and Sidney Crosby kind of basically say they were okay. Like, and, and maybe I'm paraphrasing yeah. Crosby, but Stamkos is like, if we can do this safely, I'm all in. I think the players yeah. really well, how wanted many... to go, but the play, but I get, I get the business side math. I get it. So the right. owners don't want to go. It's their, t- it's their players. It's their, they're not making any money, all that stuff. But hmm. I think the players wanted to go. I really do. But so, are they just, are they just talk? Are they just like Wally? Are they just saying the right things right now in support no. of, you know, you know, the players Canada and yada, yada, yada. Like, is that, you know? Okay. So, you know, enough guys, let's just, even you, would you go? You're you're fully vaxxed. Would you go to the Olympics? Well, I'm not worried about getting sick. I'm just worried about it getting stuck there for five right. weeks. I think I, most players, I, totally, I can speak confidently for that. Yep. Yeah. So so I that's a long period of time. Um, and then away from your family, I get it. It's for the Olympics and you can win the gold medal. Uh, this is a tough one. I, I and, and I can't I can only speak from opinion, of course. Yeah. Like I can't. I can't speak for the guys because yep. they're obviously very driven people. They want to win. They want to win. But I, I, I really firmly believe that I, I would, I would assume that more than half of that group probably wanted no part of it under the current circumstances, if they were different and that there was maybe a little more common sense involved over there, as far as like that quarantine period, similar to what we yep. do over here in Canada, then it would make, I could understand it happening and guys would be a little more inclined to go and play, but I don't think it goes beyond this conversation. I think it's just this simple. It's just not really ideal for anybody to go over there. And you're not really going to get the same experience either, Wally. You know, like the the culture right. and visiting Olympic a new country, village, like all those all that things. stuff. Yeah, yeah the village, yeah, the village, like that it's a shit show there. I mean, they have a blast apparently. <laughs> yes, and so that's that's something that I think has been taken away as well. Yeah. And so all of a sudden it's not really an Olympic experience anymore. You're just basically under house arrest and you have to play hockey. And I don't know that players are looking forward to doing that. The I've covered, I've been fortunate enough to cover two Olympics, 2010 and did all the men's hockey and 2012 in London, which right. was yeah. by far. And, and this, I mean, when you talk to the athletes and you are shooting the shit afterwards, you talk about the Olympic village, you talk about all that stuff. That exactly. Becomes, right. Everything that they want to do, they want to hang out in the rooms and all that stuff and party with all the other athletes that never get a chance to party with. Meanwhile, all the other athletes are like, Oh my God, there's Sidney Crosby. He's like, you know, I don't know if it's Sydney, but their guys are like, let's, let's have some more beer. Like it's that kind of fun yeah. to have at the Olympics. And that's, I do get and appreciate that. Like Steven Stamkos won't get a chance to go probably. Um, so the next question they talk right. about is, is the world cup. Would you give two shits about the world cup? If it got, <laughs> no, I wouldn't give one shit or two shits about the world <laughs> cup Wally. Um, you know, the world championships is, is fun, but I feel like that is a little bit more self-serving 
Um, yeah, I've been to, I've been to three of them. Like I, I'm allowed to say this, like I loved going over there, but a lot of that was just for my own development. Right. I went right. over there to experience playing with other players. And of course I want to wear team Canada sweater. That was really cool. Absolutely. But you know, it's still, it doesn't get a lot of attention because it, it coincides with the Stanley cup playoffs. Right. It's so, like the, it's like the AHL Calder cup. People know it's there. Right. They're always happy if you it's, win it, but other than that, they don't care. And I'm speaking from a Canadian's point of view, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're a European guy, a lot of those guys like the Finnish teams and that have gone in the past are super competitive because they live and die by this tournament. So from our vantage point, being a Canadian and heading over there, I think it, I think a lot of it can be self-serving, and I mean that in the, the most genuine way possible. I, I think it's a really good opportunity for players like Nick Paul that we saw. Um, this past May had over guys like him go over there and they get this new life, new confidence playing with all these good players. But I use that as an example because it's like, yes, you're playing for Canada. Same applies for the world cup. But in this case with the world cup, you know, like it's, it got a good, it got a lot of attention ish initially Wally. I'm, I'm, I, were the you covering one. it? I, I did the Oh four. Yeah yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's good hockey. But I mean, right. like right now, it would be what right before the season started, and then you're you know you're risking injury, and there's so much focus now on the NHL that I don't know if players have a whole lot of time for any of that stuff other than I, the Olympics. I didn't like the last one when they started putting in Team Europe and the Young Guns. I get the North the, America. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I get the the gimmick part of it too because they don't have eight solid countries. But it lost. Yeah, them. like I I don't I don't remember anything about that tournament for the most part neither 04, do i and i was in playing. 04 i barely remember <laughs> and i covered it like i'm like hmm, yeah i, I, but, I but, remember vincent but you can make an argument wally yes i agree with you there and, and 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 the other argument is that i think a lot of fans enjoyed it right but um i don't know that it got the buzz that it needed to get but that's you can argue yeah. it and i'm sure there are numbers out there backing it so it's i mean i guess my point is irrelevant at, you know at this juncture but i i think for me you'd have to ask the players that are able to play in it. And I don't know that a whole lot of them would be too enthused. I'm just saying. I, uh, and, the re- and the other reason I, I didn't like the World Cup is that god-awful 04 trophy. Do you remember that thing? <laughs> that big, like, <laughs> yeah, four-foot-high plexiglass mess? Oh, yeah, my that God. Thing sucked. They flat-out sucked. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, All right. Um, I agree. Uh, it's more Team Canada stuff. And I, I'm going to throw this at you. I didn't bring this up before, but we're sure. well aware. Bobby Ryan. Uh, playing at the Spengler. So we thought, team, you know, Team Canada's out. There's obviously not that much attention probably for us on the Spengler. But now Bobby Ryan's in. This is I'm all in. I will now be watching all the games that the burn selection team plays that Bobby Ryan's on, not to mention Corey yeah. Conacher's on that team. Phil Veroni, another former yeah. Ottawa Senators on that team. Um, so it'll be interesting. Peter Regan was supposed to play in it. Uh, with the original team that Meth went over, or that Meth went over, apologize, that Bobby Ryan went over to play on. But he said, I think when they landed, 10 of the guys already developed COVID. And so they had to pull out. So that's why he's on another mm. team. And uh, I looked at that roster. Peter Regan was one of the guys. Anyway, I, yeah. I, I'm all excited. Yeah, exciting. Like, like, yeah, I, I hope he tears it up. I mean, it's an awful yeah, lot to ask for someone who hasn't played a lot of late, but I really hope he has a great tournament. No, but that's 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 right in his wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Where yeah. a little bit ice. bigger ice. And he'll have a lot of time and space out there. And he's such a skilled guy. And he's so good at protecting the puck that I think he'll thrive. And um, I had an opportunity to play in that um, my first year in a retirement. So like two years ago, 
um, was it two years ago? I've got, I don't even remember when I retired, but, um, I was trying to get back and I started skating cause they were calling me to go over there and play for Canada. And so I was renting ice at Minto arena, like <laughs> all of November and December, trying to figure things out. I'm like, okay, if I wrap my knee ever slightly this direction and will it give me relief, but it, it, I just couldn't do it. And it wasn't worth my time because I didn't want to go over there and take up a roster spot and then be on the shelf. But it is a cool tournament. I know a lot of people kind of scoff at it. And then you've got the others that really are, that do enjoy it because again, it coincides with another big one in that, you know, we're talking about the world, the world junior tournament. So I, I think for Bobby, it's going to be exciting. He gets to leave the house for a little bit, challenge himself again. And um, we saw him practicing some practice reps the other day, he posted that online uh, by that or somebody else did with the team account and he looks good. He lo and, and I've been talking to him quite a bit. He's in shape. He's been skating. We interviewed him there, uh, what, a month ago, I think it was. And he was at the rink after practice, uh, working out, getting his reps in. So I think he's going to be in game shape. I'm going to be paying attention. I encourage everybody else out there to do the same. It'll be a lot of fun. Do you think this all just comes down to the fact they moved a week after we talked to him that he just didn't want to unpack? He's like, you know what, honey? I'm going to the Spangler Cup, in fact. Well, that's how much I don't It's a great way to avoid it. It's a great way to avoid it, right? All responsibilities out the window. Honey, I'm gone. Sorry, I got to go to work. And he can take off. So that's a really good move. Veteran move. Yeah. Well done. And anyway, good luck to Bobby. We're going to, I'm going to see if we can get him on the show at some point, perhaps next week. I know it's going to be busy and tight, but good call. More Team Canada, World Juniors. So they've now cut back capacity to 50%. This is the first question I have for you, because this is one that's always on my mind. Same with when they did the Sens and the Leafs. When they cut the mm -hmm. back, who's the one calling to tell the person who's got tickets to the Team Canada game? You, I know you've been wanting to go, but you're the one yeah. selected. Who's making that call? Oh, my God. I can't that's imagine. That's so unfortunate. I can't imagine either. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're looking forward yeah. to going to the tournament. I understand by the way, um, what's going on. And it's, it's, it's very unfortunate for everybody involved Yeah. at least I hate saying this, but at least, you know, if you want to be a glass half full guy, at least you still have fans in the building. There will be atmosphere, yep. but yeah, if you're a ticket holder and you're getting, you know, basically shunned from the event because you don't win the lottery in it, like how, how are they, how are they deciding who's staying? Are they just well, keeping the top tickets involved? Like the people that have the lower bowl seats and then everybody else? I have else. no idea. All the, like, all the peasants the... apparently don't get to go now. Well, that's it's so not, I, not fair. I don't know how it works. Like, I don't know if they just look at the blocks of seats and go, well, these seats have to be empty. So it's these people or if it's all, anyway, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't know. It's a, listen for everybody I, I involved. Know. It's horrendous. I, no question. Yes. I, I was going to say, this isn't a situation where I'm pointing the finger at anybody no. in particular, because if you're hockey Canada, obviously it's a bummer. It's yeah. not fun for the people that have to decide who, who can stay and who can go. So I, I don't even know how to comment on this. It, it sucks. No, I, I, I mean, it, just, like, it was okay. one of those things. I just, just thought like, how do you tell yeah. that person? Anyway. Yeah. Um, interesting that they had their three, everybody had their pre-tournament games canceled except for one. So team Canada will play. It's only pre-tournament game against Russia tonight. They open on boxing day. Um, you went to the world. So this is the only reason I asked this question. You're playing on a team that you've never played on before and you've had a couple of practices, but I think yeah. you guys played two or three pre-tournament games at the worlds. Yep. Um, yep. Do you like, is, is one game and that, does it really matter? Or is it just, everybody's in the same boat, you lace them up and you go play. Oh, that's a good question. 
Um, yeah, because my first world championship experience, I believe it was in Finland, but we spent a week, Wally, as you know, you've covered yeah. a million of them. I spent a week in France, in Paris, for the lead up, and we played a couple exhibition games against France and Switzerland. I think we played three games, believe it or yeah. not. I could be wrong, which really, when I look back now, that's a lot of hockey played in that whole month, right? And then you oh have that God. extended round robin that goes on and on. Yes. And on. It's so You're like, exhausting. when does this end? <laughs> um, and, uh, but no, it, it was. It was, it was, I mean, the more pregames you can play, you know, the, the more beneficial that is, right? Because you get reps with your, your said D partner or your line yeah. mates up front, get to kind of understand each other's tendencies a little bit. Whereas a lot of these um, European teams, uh, they get, they, they're like, they're in a camp for like weeks leading up to this tournament. So a lot of these players, now, I, now that applies to the world championships. I don't know if that applies to the world juniors so much, but they, the, the Euros had a, a clear-cut advantage when it came to that. Um, now, in this case, playing one game, I, on the, the World Junior Tournament is so short, Wally, that I don't know if it gives anyone really an advantage at this point. It's a crash tournament as it is. It's not like the World Championships. So I think if you're a player, you would like to get more reps in, but you know you got to deal with what you have. Canada doesn't have a lot of returning guys, right? So they have the one player in, I believe, Perfetti is the only returning player. The rest are all new. So... I mean, you're not going to get any familiarity almost across the board. Some U18s, which I think is going to really. Pardon me. They did play some U18s. Like a lot of these guys played U18s. You're right. Together, you're right. So they're, they're familiar. You're right. Okay. There is. That. That's a really good point. So yeah, they do have some familiarity there, I guess. But you know, nothing recent. And no. Um, but you know, some really good players to watch. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what Owen Power can do. I'm looking forward to seeing McTavish, Connor yeah. Bedard. Um, those are all guys the, the guys that are maybe a little more popular in the media. I'll be paying attention to and seeing what they can do. But that Bedard is intriguing to me at that age. Any young player that ever gets into that tournament, we saw it with Crosby uh, in the World Juniors for my year. I didn't play, but my my age group uh, to see what they're able to do with these older, more physical, experienced guys is always a cool thing to watch. So uh, I'll be keeping my eyes peeled for that. Uh, you talk about players to watch just for the Sens. They've got five prospects there. Uh, Levi Marilainen and Robbie Arente for Team Finland. Tyler Clevin and Jake Sanderson, the captain of Team USA. And Ridley Gregg for Canada. All guys to keep an eye on as you How cool is and, that? Yeah, and watch these. Like, uh, There's one team, now I can't remember, who's got – Carolina has 10 prospects at this thing. Like, that's – Yeah, that's That's, that's a lot to pay attention <laughs> but, to. But how about – but how about like, so finally I get an opportunity to watch Clevin and Sanderson. Like I haven't seen, you know, I don't sit at home and flick on the TV and watch NCAA games. I've got better things to do, but I am excited to see them during the world juniors here. Like, so you're going to see them play against some legitimate players um, in a more professional style, NHL style environment um, to see Sanderson captain. Now he's got the captaincy for, for team USA's oh, well over a point a game, I believe this season so far. Right. And it's like, the first guy in the last 15 to 20 years to do it as a defenseman. So I'm pumped. I want to see what these guys can do. Um, I think the sense fans are, are lucky. We're fortunate to be able to watch now and see what some of these big prospects are going to be able to do on a world stage. Uh, you And I, I'm going to make this a little longer. I, I apologize, but you brought up uh, world championships and you get to play these exhibition games. This was my favorite part of the world championships because you go, yeah, we went to Paris and then we went to Switzerland before we went to Finland. So one oh, year, yeah. We did training camp in Paris. So you're there for, I think, seven days, played a couple yep. of games, then went to Prague for three days to play. And then you went off to, uh, we went to Slovakia for 
the tournament. That was my it, first one. That right? was the one that I yeah. was there for, Wally. Like yeah. you're in Paris just chilling. I know. The Prague, you, the Prague thing was cool too, eh? Like, yeah, so that was yeah. my first time in Prague. And Yager was actually playing uh with obviously with Czech, but I think the Czechs were also in Prague. There was yeah. like a three-way exhibition game thing going on between us, Slovakia, and, and the Czech Republic. And uh, but that old clock, eh? Like, how cool oh, was that? Yeah. <laughs> that, that like how, how, was it like 500 years old or whatever it is? Yeah, that church at the top of the, like the whole yeah. thing, like it's it was beautiful. But the best part, I don't have it. Um, I, so, you know, those, I don't know what they're called. They're, they're Russian nesting dolls. So yeah. I have a set of sense. Cause I went into one little place in Prague where there's all this rip off illegally sold stuff. And they've got all the NFL yeah. teams. And I've got Jason Spezza, Mike Fisher, which is F I S C H E R, uh, Alexei <laughs> Kovalev, Philip Kuba. And I think Alfredson yeah. are the yeah. five guys. I'm like, this, I'm yeah. like, there's, Spezza wanted to buy it from me. I'm like, no, I'm not selling this. No chance. Anyway, you always get these random, these random memories, eh? Like, like, yeah. like the one thing that did stands out for me was playing overseas for my first time. As for going over there, that was my first time overseas ever, let alone just for hockey. Really? Eh? We had sparkling. I know I've told the story before, but I, I can't, <laughs> I can't get it out of my mind. We didn't have regular water in the room. It was friggin' sparkling water. It was just like sparkling water everywhere you go and like typically as an athlete you're not used to drinking something carbonated when you're thirsty and you know looking for something to drink so um that kind of stuff really stands out and the food just a little different um you know trying to understand the currencies and all that stuff we were at a um a lunch spot it was me vermette rick nash uh trying to remember who else was there but there was five of us but antoine in paris you know being a french guy from quebec city strong french (laughs) accent we would order food and all these these snobby Parisians would always respond to him in, in English, like they were offended. Like it's such a bizarre dynamic where I, I just wanted to throttle this waiter. I'm like, can you not just be polite? Like, what yeah. are you doing? And Vermi, poor Vermi, he's like one of the nicest guys you'll ever play with. He's just kind of sitting there going, like, what? Like, why are you responding to me in English? So That's- I found that interesting. Those are all those little experiences that you get when you get to go over yeah. there. And uh, I got a ton of stories. I do remember the Champs Elysees. And so I'm like, this is like, we're going up to the Arc de Triomphe. This is yep. beautiful. I look over yeah, there's we a went McDonald's, there right? There's on the, I think there's a McDonald's on the Champs Elysees and it's just jam packed. Yeah. And I'm like, this just ruins everything. Anyway. Yeah, I, I know. Just the, it's I know. the weird little stuff you remember. So. Well, uh, we kept, we, we kept hitting Wally. Wally, when we were in Slovakia and that was my first time meeting Dion. So we, especially before the games got really serious, the odd night we would give her and have some drinks, go to a club or whatever. And every time we got back there was a little mcdonald's down in kosice i, I don't know if you remember wally in, in slovakia mm-hmm. just down the road there was a mcdonald's like at the end of the strip i, I think it's my memory's a it's little by hazy yeah. yeah yeah so we would always get into a cab when we were all basically limping around downtown trying to find our hotel we'd get in a cab and we'd go through the <laughs> drive-thru and order like a mountain of mcdonald's and eat it like a bunch of degenerates in the hotel rooms. <laughs> I still remember, but it would sober us up. And then the next day we felt great. I think I was, I had one really bad morning and I tried to go get a massage in the morning just to relax at one of those spas that they have there where they got all the steam rooms and saunas. And as I walked out of the spa, I couldn't shake this awful hangover. I had to find like a, like a, like a, no, I, I think I, I made it back to my room, but I was puking all morning. And this was after the fact. And then I had to practice that. I was like, oh, my God, like these guys are going to think I'm brutal. But I got through skate. I sobered up. And then I was good to go for the rest of the tournament. 
Okay, we are going to have one day a world championship storytelling day. I'll bring. I'll try and get some guests who. <laughs> oh, I could go on forever. Mike yeah. Johnson was one guy. I can. So I got a great story about uh, some Team USA goalie uh, later on. Anyway, well, we'll save it. Okay. Uh, last question before Craig shoots us both, and that is, uh, your year you could have played World Junior. <laughs> Did you ever look Thank at the God. roster? And go, yeah. yeah, not much chance. So no, it was insane. So it's the lockout year. It's the 0405 lockout year. Here's Team Canada's defense: Shea Weber, Brent Seabrook, Sean Bell, who played the previous year as well, Dion Phaneuf, Cam Barker, your buddy, uh, teammate Danny for Danny Savret, Braden Coburn. That is Team Canada's lineup. And I'm just wondering, like, are are all the other defense across Canada and everywhere looking going? Like that's what I want to play on, and there's no chance for me whatsoever. I didn't even get in. I didn't even get called to the preliminary camp that they kind of did. Like I like that. That's how deep it was. And I mean, if 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 anybody is out there listening, I'm hoping there are more than a couple listening. Um, <laughs> go look at the the forward group that went that year as well. Like it's insane. Jeff Carter. Like we're Patrice talking Bruce like Sidney like, Crosby. Uh, uh, Mike Jeff Richards Carter, Mike captain. Richards. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm butchering Corey story. Perry's on that team. Yeah, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff. Yeah, there's a lot of good, a lot of good players. Yeah, it was a really good team, and obviously they won that year. And uh, Danny Savret and Corey Perry were playing with me in London at the time, and that was actually when we were on our 31 game undefeated streak with the London Knights. And they had they left. We had, we lost a bunch of guys. It wasn't just them because we left. We lost Danny Fritchie to the to Team USA. I don't know if Rob Shrimp went as well with with us i'm not sure there but um that i think is the reason why we ended up losing a game i think right around christmas time and then our streak ended right there so lost a lot of good players it was a yeah that world junior team is often regarded as one of the best ever built um all right coming up after the break we've got austin watson uh in the chat of course don't forget he's joined by nick paul which I, i texted nick and said hey austin's coming on do you think you might want to just appear briefly he's like absolutely uh so stick around for that that's brought to you by whitewater beer don't forget use the shop uh whitewater.ca log into there and use the wally method coupon code 15 percent off uh and remember to please drink responsibly this holiday season and coming up after the break here is number 16 of the ottawa senators austin watson all right welcome back to the wally method show please now to be joined into the whitewater chat Number 16 on the Ottawa Senators, Austin Watson. Uh, Austin, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, good. I mean, okay, so let's just get through the COVID stuff right now. Your team is back into kind of COVID protocols. The season's on pause. You've got seven people in the organization now in the protocol system. Like, what is it like around this team right now? I know you're not around them, but just with the organization, that all you've gone through. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're we're well to to deal with it. Um, we had it earlier in the year. We're probably a little bit better off than a lot of teams, just because yeah. you know we got ten or twelve guys that previously had gotten COVID. Um, you know, kind of built up that super immunity to uh, vaccinated <laughs> plus getting uh, the virus. So uh, it, it's just it's tough right now. It, and it just kind of is what it is. Um, you know, it's something that we're dealing with. I think guys are taking it pretty well in stride. It's tough during the holidays. Um, I'm glad they kind of, you know, I've heard kind of both sides of putting the season on pause. It's, 
you know, for, for the players, the staff, everybody working around the rank, um, you know, it'd be really tough to come down uh, with COVID right now. So I'm, I'm happy they did kind of give us a little bit of a little bit of a break, if not for us, but all the people working at the ranks and, you know, front office staff, everybody wants to be home with their family during Christmas and nobody wants to deal with that. So, um, you know, it's kind of, I want to say nice of them. <laughs> um, yeah. They give us a little bit of a break, but it was a bit of a break. So we'll, uh, we'll take it. Did anybody get hammered with it pretty hard? Watts or what? Early. Yeah. Um, myself, uh, form for me, got it pretty good. I believe, um, a lot of other guys were just a lot of the cold symptoms, but you know, hockey players too. I don't know if guys let on, um, as much as they had it. Cause I mean, we were God awful coming back. Like, yeah. like you know, yes. Yes, guys, we and when you would say like, we weren't playing all that. I don't think we played all that bad, but guys had no breath. You know, you lost yeah. your legs early. I mean, I don't think, I don't think I was even playing over 10 minutes a game. I don't even think they would let me out there. Like you're dying, man. Just sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good, to hear, good to hear. Um, yeah. So I'm back. Are you like, were you guys disappointed? You became the guinea pigs, you and the New York Islanders that they didn't, I know this is a touchy subject, but that they didn't cancel your game sooner that they made you guys try and play through this with 10 guys out of the lineup, it seemed like? Yeah, I think from a competitiveness standpoint, I think you could say that, you know, it would have been nice to kind of shut it down a little bit earlier. But then again, you're right. We were the first, us and the Islanders, a little bit of, you know, San Jose had it as well. But kind of the first team to watch it just go so quickly through the team. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, I don't think anybody really expected that. Um, you know, we're, what do we have one player, um, unvaccinated in the league. So you kind of expected a little bit of, um, you know, a, a little bit of kind of pushback from our, you know, our bodies and the, and the vaccine, but we got it just so quickly, everybody kept coming down with it. So I think the league and league and the players did the best that the, the best that we could with it. Now we, we know more. Um, we know how quickly it's kind of spreading through through the teams, and they're able to identify it. it you know, it's unfortunate that we had to lose, a, you know, three, four, five games. Um, you know, with not an optimal lineup. Um, you know, but it. You know, those are things that there's not a ton of control over, um, and you know, it just is what it is. So, Watts, well, you guys come around. You struggle in November. And then all of a sudden, like the light switch goes on and you guys have a terrific month here right behind you, which is to me why this pause probably wasn't great timing for the team. Right. I think I, I know I can understand if when yeah. everyone's getting COVID, you got to shut it down. But what changed everything? Like what turned this around? Well, I think, you know, it's it's tough when you put two years together like we did. Like last year was it was just so different. Um, you know, we struggled out of the gates last year as well, but. You know, after that, I don't know whether it was sometime around February, you know, we were, we had one of the better records in the NHL. And I think coming back in, there's, you know, you gain confidence from that, but you also kind of, you know, for not for lack of the coaching staff reiterating that, uh, you know, how hard it is to win in the league, but you kind of yeah. take, you kind of take a step back. You, you know, you think you're going good. I mean, you know how it is. You get on a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a heater. For me, it's, uh, you know, one 
point the night before, I start feeling good about myself. <laughs> you know, I, yep. I think same here. Hey, a little bit of that happened. <laughs> yeah, right. You catch one goal, and I'm like, shit, I'm gonna want a streak here. Boys, two's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and then we get hit with COVID. So I think yeah, going through that tough stretch though, that Carolina game. You know, I don't, I don't know what the shots were. The the stack guy was just hitting shot every time Carolina. T- yeah, it was like 50 shots. That was a little, that was a little aggressive. I think there might have been 36, 37 <laughs> shots, not 50. Um, Fair enough. But to, to come out of that game to win and go into a tough building against a really, really good team yeah. and just realize that how hard it is to win in the NHL. I mean, you played a tough game. I don't play an overly – uh, fun, skilled game. It's not like I'm going around dancing out there. So, so we understand, but as a group, I don't think until that point we realized exactly how we needed to play as a team and the commitment to, to winning on a nightly basis. And then to go ahead and string a couple wins together and that good feeling that it creates in the room, but how hard it is. You got guys with ice bags, you got guys that are dinged up, um, you know, the, as as much as the game is changing to speed and skill and stuff like that, it's still absolutely just completely difficult to win in the league. It's just that's just how it is. So I think we we got a kind of taste of that and we're able to kind of use that as a checkpoint a little bit, kind of go back to it. Um, you know, if you have a little bit of an off period, be like, hey, guys, like, see how hard we work in Carolina like this is we're not doing that right now. So let's get back to it. Right. So there was there one specific moment then that you, like that you like yourself and all the other leaders may have spoken up or was it just something that kind of came organically? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Was there a well, meeting with to... Brady Kachuk? Did Brady Kachuk stand up after the Vancouver game and say something? Yeah, he definitely he definitely gave us a nice little whack. Um, just, you know, especially for guys like Brady and and Shabby, a lot of the guys that have been here for a long time and seen the carousel of players come in and out on, you know, one year filler deals. And, yep. you know, just during the rebuild, it's, it's tough. You get guys coming in and out all the time and, you know, you're losing way more often than you are winning. Um, you know, it's, it's emotional. Um, and definitely after that Vancouver game, um, Brady was pretty well fed up um, as were, as were the majority of us. Uh, but we had a good meeting in Carolina too. I know, I think there's, I think DJ's, said something about it. Um, I don't know if it was Bruce or somebody had written about it, but yeah, we had, we had a really good meeting in Carolina in the morning and just really broke down to basics. What, what is our identity as a team and, and what does it take to play to that identity? It wasn't, you know, nobody yelling at each other, no rah, rah. It was just like a matter of fact, let's look in the mirror right. and really figure out where we're at, what we where we need to be at and how do we get there? Uh, that's interesting. You say that you talked about uh, filler deals. Uh, did you think at all when you got traded here, you might be on one of those because of all the players that have come in and out of here? Well, <laughs> well <laughs> thankfully I signed an extension in Nashville and hadn't played yeah. a single game on it. And I came here with <laughs> three years. <laughs> so it was a little bit more comfortable that way. Um, you know what? You never know as you, as you go along and play, you know, year after year and you get some experience, you kind of just adjust and, and prepare for whatever comes your way. 
you know, the cure to that all is, is playing well inside of your role. Um, you, you don't, you might not get extended or, or stick around long, but you'll get an opportunity to maybe go play on a contending team or, um, you know, sign a trade, something like that. So as much as that's a possibility, it's more, well, come in and do your job and, and let the rest take care of itself. So, so you talk about a role. I like that you brought that up. So, you know, I played against you quite a bit. Well, not quite a bit. I think I played you a little toward the, the tail end of my career, but I knew you're always, you had that presence on the ice. You're tough. You're a leader, especially now in Ottawa that you're a little older, you're a veteran. The shot blocking and deliberately throwing yourself in front of shots on the PK, is that a new role that you've kind of taken on? Because every time you do it, Watts, I'm at home and I'm like cringing. I'm like, <laughs> and it's great. It's admirable and it fires up the bench. I'm wondering, is that something that you've just sort of implemented or what's going on there? No, I think I was doing that since like, 0809 back yeah. in junior you'd have to you'd have to ask i mean that was penalty killing for for dj and jonesy back then too and i the first time it really kind of came out a little bit was the top prospects game i uh we had a five on three against us and it's yes it's an all-star game but right like you're <laughs> your draft status kind of you know is is laying on sure. the line there for me, I could have gone anywhere from middle of the first round to like the fourth round. Who knows? Yeah. I was kind yeah. of one of those, like, maybe, maybe not guys. We had a five on three and I remember Taylor Hall um, getting asked by uh, Don Cherry was our coach. Like who, who you get those killers penalty and all He's like, what do you do it? I broke my ankle blocking like two shots in that game. Um, and I'd just been traded to Peterborough. I came back. I like, Talk about stats. I'm going to start throwing my offensive stats out there since they're not really <laughs> around right now. I think I had like 19 points in seven games after injury. And then it was just like, a, you know, a cool trend upwards from there. But that was kind of the first time that I really gained any notoriety for blocking shots. And then Nashville is not a huge uh, national hockey market. So um, if you were to watch games there, you'd probably see that as well. But uh, unfortunate, a yeah. little bit of, you know, broke my ankle there in preseason, broke my thumb last year, kind of two really freak things. Um, yeah. you know, there's not much you can do about broken bones, but, um, you know, up until that time, hadn't really hadn't dealt with any injury because of it either. So hopefully that was just, uh, I, I broke those two and then I got COVID. So they say come from threes, <laughs> right? So I, I, hopefully I'm all right. <laughs> is yeah. it, by the way, is it the same ankle that you dealt with the injury this year? Uh, no, I had, it was kind of, um, I broke it in the preseason in Montreal, um, finished the game and we kind of thought it was just a sprain, which it was, but, uh, there was also a fracture, uh, medial malleolus, whatever the ankle bone is. Um, so it was kind of a, it was kind of twofold a little bit, which, which was unfortunate. Um, you know, bone healed very quickly. I was, I probably came back a little later than I would have liked. They were, uh, you know, between the medical staff and the coaches, I think looking out for me. Cause like, I just oh, like, put the skate on it's time. Like, let's do it. Um, so they're kind of, I think they're a little bit cautious with me. It was about three and a half weeks. So I'll, I'll live with it. It was still <laughs> under timeline. Uh, by the way, Austin Watson is our guest. We've been trying to get you on since our golf tournament, which you graciously came to and played with and with Nick Paul and Drake Bowson and Chris Neal. So uh, I've been waiting for you to get, healthy get healed have the team back and 
playing better hockey again. So one of the things we always do is we bring a guest on. We have Pearls of Wisdom, which is brought to you by uh, sportsinteraction.com. Pearls uh, is the guy in the truck in the TSM broadcast. He finds out interesting notes. And so here's a few notes we picked up on you. Uh, of course, 18th overall pick in the 2010 draft by Nashville. That's the highest or tied for the highest ever player born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, by the way. Uh, Ian Cole drafted 18th overall in 2007. Uh, one career hat trick that was scored against uh, Anaheim, as you, uh, I'm sure you're aware of. Ten shifts it took you to score your first goal at the Sens on January the 15th versus Toronto. First shot, first game. And 106 hits in the 2017 playoffs with Nashville, which was the most, the second most that year by Mark Mathot, who had 80. So there, Math, just trying to get you into the show as well. Um, you know what? what hey, I remember. It's funny. Like, Extra, I remember that. Extra six I was games chasing him. We got the play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and by the way, don't remind five, me, man. Two of your five goals have been <clears throat> scored by Nick. Uh, sorry, two of your five goals with Ottawa have been assisted by Nick Paul, your first and your last. And just so happens, um, we have a special guest uh, arriving onto the scene. Um, oh, Christ. Here we go. <laughs> Nick wanted to come on just to say hi. He missed no. you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, Holly, Waddy, this is my interview, buddy. What are you doing? I think they invited me first, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I just the two of you were shopping at Canadian Tire. I didn't know if you were, you know, if you had missed each other since that little segment you did, which was very good. So I thought we'd set it up to see the two of you say hi. Paul, yeah, no, hey, what's up? His house this morning, laid the horn, and gave a little wave. <laughs> <laughs> just checking in on him. Oh, where, where are you okay. sitting right now? What's that background? Is that like plexiglass? Right? Oh, wow. The estate. Yeah, Good it's a staircase. You. Yeah. You're living. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just checking. Peter up. All right. Well, we still haven't we still uh, haven't talked about Watson's background, by the way, which is a beautiful painting. It's nice, right? It's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I I think my wife will be excited that it showed up on here. She wanted to, when she got it, she was like, let's put it upstairs. I'm like, but it's mine and the basement's kind of my area. I wanted it down here. Nobody will see it. So now everybody. Where'd everybody you get that? Did you get Brahmer a Sharpie? <laughs> here we go. This is guys, this is what I deal with on a daily basis. So I'm just sure, like, Nick, do you not have your world championship medal around? Uh, yeah, it's somewhere. Guys, if he pulls this thing out, like I might have to leave. I've heard <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> this is what I've heard. So is it true, Nick, that you would use your medal as a ball marker at the golf course? <laughs> Where'd you hear this? I can't sources. It's only when I birdie. So about two times a year. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, <laughs> I've seen it one time. It was pretty impressive. You two seem to be pretty <laughs> close in a pretty short period of time. Uh, I think now that both of you are kind of playing on the same line together, do you enjoy being uh, line mates and, and hanging out with one another? I'll let Wadi answer that. Do I enjoy it? <laughs> Depends. <laughs> no, um, you know what? When I, <clears throat> when I came here, it was tough with, with COVID, um, not being able to kind of, you know, go on the road, have dinner with guys, um, you know, do kind of the normal stuff. But at the same time, you spend a lot of time together, um, kind of cooped up in the hotels. And, um, you know, 
I think Paulie and I relate a lot to each other in a, in a hockey sense, just because it hasn't, it hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always gone our way. Um, you know, I know Paulie's story is pretty well documented here in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, you know, in a few years, a couple of trips on waivers to really break through and become the player that he is today. And, you know, for me, it wasn't, uh, you know, definitely hasn't been peachy all the time either. I think, uh, like three, four years in the minors, I, I went to rehab and then would put on waivers, you know, that same year when I came back, um, you know, there's just, when you go through adversity like that and, you know, you get around people that have faced similar situations, I think there's just a little bit of a subconscious kind of understanding and, um, connection there. So we hit it off pretty good and then played a lot of golf this summer together. I slapped them up pretty good there. Well, I was going to say, that's why we're such good golf partners. You know, no one wants to play us. The mentality, the mental and the uh, adversity we go through, it's The grind, the persistence between the two of us, like you, you never count on us out. We'll grind and so will Paulie for the entire day. Our, <laughs> our favorite your, spot is down six after six. Yeah, what are our I'm handicap things, Paulie? <laughs> What, uh, what's mine at right now? My play. What are you playing? Oh, you don't even know. See that you. So you guys are total sandbaggers. Is essentially what I'm. <laughs> no, no, I, right I know. Now. You don't even I know, know your mine. handicap I know, is. I know what Paulie's is, but I'd like him to tell. You. I'm a nine. <laughs> oh, you're a nine. Unless really? I play okay. Shabby right on. on ten, because Shabby's <laughs> Shabby. Uh, I don't even get about his golf game. He, he. It's not even. He's a sandbagger. First of all, uh, yes, is, he oh, is a sandbagger. He's a nice golfer, but he's a sandbagger. His the way does he, he counts cheat? the scores. He likes well, to it fluff it like, up a little if bit. If you like to fluff lie, how do you want to count wow. that every shot? Man, that's a defenseman thing. Uh, when I would play with Carl, Eric was like that too. And like, he'll deny this to the day he dies, but it was the same <laughs> thing. It's like, I don't, they're so competitive that they can't fathom not beating you, right? So like fluffing yeah. up a shot or forgetting what he had on, like, oh, I think I bogeyed last hole. Meanwhile, he dropped and I had like a nice par. I'm like, one stroke, really? So I, I get it. <laughs> one of the best things i've ever seen <clears throat> so in in ontario at least uh there weren't rakes in the bunkers for the longest time right so you, get, <laughs> you get to pick preferred lines in the bunker which is yep. fine just move it over a foot says some flat sand caught shabby literally building himself a little sand castle under under his ball there was like a mound like this and the ball just sat right on top of it. No, and he sticks it to like six inches. Like like, no shit. Shot, uh, when when Shabby started uh, playing with us, Waddy's like, man, his sand game's elite. And then Waddy goes and looks at one of his things like, no kidding, the guy's freaking cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's not right. So he's gonna uh, Drake, uh, Drake Batherson was supposed to, he had a decision to make whether he's going to play pro golf or pro hockey. Are you guys better than him? Paulie, definitely not. No. Um, no, Drake, I I, I'd say Drake's the best golfer on our team. Um, yeah. Just in terms of he's, – he's just smooth. He's got that – he's got – you watch it on TV, that just like smooth power where it doesn't seem like they're swinging it all that hard. He just absolutely smashes the ball. Um, we had, what, what was the – we beat you guys in Muskoka's there, didn't we, Paulie? Me and, uh, me and my sandbagging partner, Shabby. <laughs> yeah when he's playing at a 15 um yeah i know you guys beat us on 18 what happened we there had on that 18? part three where we all went over and then we hit eight, 18 what happened we hit that 500 how many, 260. Chips, how many chips do you have 
Hey, how many chips did you hit on 18? No, I hit that five iron 240. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm like 220. I'll get a nice little five, hit a, hit a 240 over the green and out of the hole. That's the key thing. You were out of the hole. I don't care how far you hit your five iron, you were out of the hole. Oh, man. Uh, is this typical of this team this year? It seems you guys, for the most part, I'm not around it, and, and the room has obviously been closed, that you guys get along extremely well. I, yeah, definitely. I, I think, I think again, kind of like we touched on a little bit earlier about kind of the carousel players a little bit yeah. over the last four or five years. Um, this group has actually gotten play together a little bit. Um, you know, there's been some, there's been carryover and, um, you know, you've got that core group of young guys, uh, Paulie's not quite that young, but inside of that core young guy group. Um, but yeah, I, I think going through spending a lot of time last year together and then, um, you know, having at least a majority of the same faces around, we get along, uh, we get along pretty good. We have some characters. Who's the biggest character? Paulie, who's the biggest character? Who's the biggest troll? Who's the biggest troll on the team? <laughs> Whitey. Whitey. Is Whitey? Yeah. Whitey. <laughs> how how Dude, much is he you missed? Can't sit beside, you, you can't sit beside the guy. Well, he's injured right now, but every day he comes in. He's like poking you or touching you or, or doing something. You're like, dude, just it, it, it's seven in the morning right now. I don't need you poking. Oh, uh, like the shoulder rub. It gets me every time. Just sit next to you and like, hey man, how you doing? Dude, don't touch me. Oh, he's like a he's a touchy feely guy. Yeah. Like I think he knows Yeah, it's that's kind of annoying. <laughs> like that he starts laughing, he'll touch you and you'll get pissed. You're like, don't touch me, and he just starts laughing. And it's like Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so, long year man it's like it's too much so he's got to be missed yeah. he's he's awesome though yeah yeah like like you notice him not in the room i'm assuming right now or i i'm guessing right he's not around because he's hurt that you miss that kind of energy or maybe you don't <laughs> not at eight o'clock in the morning at about 10 you do yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, Paulie, I told you we wouldn't keep you long here, but while I got you both, yep. I'm going to ask you guys, you're going to hand out Christmas gifts. It's a couple of days before Christmas. If you were mm. to get Artem Zub something, what would it be? Oh. <laughs> Good question. I'm curious. Artem Zub? Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe like one of those, uh, he talks Russian into the machine and it translates English. A like bit. a phone. <laughs> <laughs> He's gotten a lot better this year. Yeah, though he, he has jokes? done that. Uh, a little bit, yeah, here and there. You got to catch him at the right time. Yeah, <laughs> like he's is, very serious. What does yeah. he do? Like, what does he do when he's not at the rink? Like, I feel like he's some Russian spy or something. Like, he's such a mysterious <laughs> dude. He's always yeah, yeah. at the rink, though. Uh, I've never seen anyone work on their game like. I'm kidding. After the practice, he gets the gloves on and stick handles and shoots pucks. Like, I wonder what time he leaves the rink at. Like, he's always like, there working. Like the in the shooting in the shooting area in the gym or on the ice? On the shooting, oh, both. Everywhere. Uh, Everywhere. Really? Like every time you see him, he's walking around, uh, gym clothes on with gloves, hockey gloves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Works uh, on the craft. What would you get Drake Batherson? 
Drake Batherson. I don't know. What can you get Drake that he probably hasn't got himself this year? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> and I got to commend him for it. You know, you see, you see different guys, you know, sign a little bit longer deals with some money. And, you know, one of my, one of my really good buddies, Ryan Ellis, is the opposite. He's cheap. He won't spend a dime. Drake went like total opposite. Got himself a car. He's he's doing pretty good is for he, himself. So nothing. I is he driving that G wagon? Is he driving the wagon? I think I yeah, seen I, it outside the rink. We I, th- I saw him at a, the under eighteen game. Oh, that car yeah. is sick. Unreal. The gray yeah. one. It's like a the gray one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's okay. his. Okay, so he so he spends it. Oh yeah, yeah. he's treated himself this year. I, I appreciate it. He. Uh, I think he's been in the market for a timepiece, though, so maybe I could help him get that. I'm not going to buy it for him. <laughs> how much money – like, so when you guys put money up on the board, how much – do you guys remember how much you put up after you signed that, t- that deal? Probably like 500. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Oh, good. It doesn't matter. I was just curious. Probably a decent uh, pro- – I don't know. Last guy, uh, Tim Stutzler. Now, what would you buy the young kid? Balenciaga. Oh, that <laughs> this guy owns Balenciaga shirt, dude. I can't can't look at it anymore. <laughs> he's just got that's it. It's just one one wardrobe, and that's it. Yeah, he's one of those new age, you know the the kids. He's what is he? Is he even twenty yet? He's nineteen, maybe. But you know, you see, they've taken on that like frat style, but designer. You know, he's got, he's got the t-shirt with the PlayStation. It says PlayStation on it. Meanwhile, it says Balenciaga on the, on the sleeve, I don't know, four or $500 t-shirt. Like you're nuts. And say hey, the dress shirt. Oh, the dress shirts. <laughs> what's, do I, I can't what's rat on him too much. Yes, you can. No one sees the show. Uh, Boy, explain <laughs> the dress shirt. It's just a white dress shirt that just says Dior in white. Right across, like stitched across. <laughs> he loves uh, it. Okay, so last question I have for each of you: What does Austin Watson get Nick Paul for Christmas, and vice versa? So, Wadi, I'll start with you. Ooh, I, I would get Nick Paul a set of standard length golf clubs because yeah. cr- crazy thing about Paulie is he's he's a tall guy, <laughs> but he's all arms. Like he can literally, I think he can scratch his calf standing up. So, but he's got these shafts in his golf clubs that are long and they're too long. So we need to get him fitted with some proper, proper size golf clubs. I like that. Can I add one for you to get me? Sure. What do you need, buddy? Can I get a little uh, wax for the eyebrows? Touch them up a little bit. I will say this, Jen. Jen, my wife is a. Well, I shouldn't say former. She's still um licensed esthetician so if you need uh, if you need a little waxing done you just let me know anything above the waist is good <laughs> i would have thought watson you would have said uh shorts that fit nick paul in the golf course i like it though i, I like the energy that it brings i like <laughs> it's really like in, well if we're, if we're golfing together and i'm throwing you off my game just with these massive legs of mine just ripping through these shorts <laughs> yeah and i'm the guy at the country club with the tattoos and stuff like that that everybody just kind of looks at when i walk in there i'm like yeah i pay my dues man <laughs> <laughs> you guys just play head games with everybody i like it we're, All right, so, we're intimidating 
uh paulie i'll let you go uh i appreciate you stopping by this is a lot of fun so maybe we can do this again sometime but uh maybe you can guys can work on your basketball game in the off season because i saw that hey if we go two on two we're picking you ollie <laughs> you look way silkier than matt he looks like he's d's up nice but i don't his jumper i don't think is that well i'll just feed you the between, ball that's crazy between matt's size and my just pure athletic ability I don't think you – if we go up to 11 by one, we'll call it 11 by ones, I don't think you guys score more than three points. Oh. If we go to 11, we'll give you five points to start, head start. Oh my game God. Will be, I'll, make, I'll make three and Matt, twos Matt in a row. And the ball. He's got to shoot from the three-point line. Man, I played high school basketball. I've got a little <laughs> bit of game, boys. That's everybody okay. doubts – everybody doubts the big, you know, the big lanky like, guy's athleticism. Like, I don't I like it. That. It's all good. No, it's all good. This is right in my back it up. Gotta get, we got to get that going. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. I'll let you guys go. Thanks for uh, having me on. Merry Christmas, Paul. Thanks, we'll Paul. talk to you soon. Yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas. Paulie. All right. See you tonight, Waddy. <laughs> what's, what's tonight? There's nothing. We're going to have no for dinner, I hope. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Yeah. <laughs> there goes Nick Paul. Uh, and best friends with Austin Watson. <laughs> Best buddies. <laughs> uh, but you like there is that sense now that there's been maybe a little bit more stability, a, a real sense of this team getting along and pulling for one another. Is it translating on the ice with the way you guys have played of late? And I know we've discussed coming out of COVID and starting to get some legs, but is there a real, does that bond really help? Or I guess it seems like the world is against you because everybody says you're not going to finish very high. You're going to be one of the worst teams, all that stuff. Does it play a part? Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's never fun to look at the standings or look at the press clippings. I mean, when we were, you know, I, I don't know if it was a 10 game stretch where we won one game, like you, yep. man, you'd have thought that we weren't going to win a game the rest of the year, everybody down on us. Like, you know, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to see those things. So, you know, I, I do think we, we've grown together as a group. There is that sense of, um, you know, cheering guys on being a little bit of a you know positive cheerleader um because it's very easy to get frustrated that's the easy thing to do the hard thing to do is you know take accountability for your own game um you know not try to not try to tell guys what to do um it, as opposed to leading with your play mm. and you know having each other's backs like that's the coaching staff's job. The coaching staff's job is to hold us, you know, completely accountable all the time, be critical, um, you know, as well as, you know, Chucky and Shabby, you know, you leave that to your, your leaders, the rest of us just get, just get behind each other and let's push. Hmm. Uh, did, when you came here, did DJ Smith play a part in Bob Jones, both of them, you won a Memorial cup with in Windsor in 08, 09. Uh, did that, play a factor or, or help with the, I guess, easing of you coming in and, and being familiar with these two? Uh, for 100%. Um, you know, and at that time, um, you know, I mentioned before, signed an extension with Nashville. We had a coaching yeah. change, you know, things, things happen and, you know, work out the way that they're going to work out. But, you know, I, I, I'm not quite sure, but I, I'd assume I was a little bit of an untouchable at that point around the league, just with, um, you know, some of the difficulties that I'd had in the not so, you know, distant past there. 
So, you know, for me, I have a huge appreciation for not only DJ Jonesy, our staff here, and Pierre Dorian as well, to be able to, you know, look past what, you know, is kind of either on the surface or the picture painted, um, whether it's whether it's media or whether it's Twitter, whatever it is. Um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, headlines are headlines and most of them are negative. Um, that's yeah. where a lot of the, a lot of the coverage and, and press comes from. And, you know, for them to, for them to say, you know what, we know Austin, um, you know, we, we believe in the person that he is, the person that we believe he will be when he comes here and the player that, uh, that we, that we need or want for, for that role. Like I have a, you know, a, a big time, extreme gratitude and appreciation for them. So that 100% made it really, really, um, I don't want to say easy getting traded is never easy, especially during COVID. I mean, I spent two weeks at the Brook street hotel with pregnant wife, 130 pound, great Dane and a three-year-old running around. Like, it wasn't easy. Um, but that whole transition was, uh, you know, was awesome. I was, just excited and, um, you know, had a little bit of a, you know, breath of, you know, new life, um, you know, some definitely some motivation too there, but just really kind of a a freshness and a lightness coming in. How much different is Austin Watson now compared to all the prior events and before you went to rehab? I'd say, I'd say that just the, you know, the, the inherent nature of Austin Watson is, is the same. Um, you know, I've always, you know, I've always prided myself on being, uh, you know, having good manners, being, being kind, being caring, um, those sorts of things. But man, like when you're in the throes of, um, any addiction, you're just selfish. It's, it's all it is. Uh, it's, it's a ton of selfishness, um, you know, what, what do I need right now? Um, why isn't it working out for me? Who's to blame for my situation and where I'm at? Um, and today there's, you know, there, there's days where I want to blame other people or, um, you know, think about myself more than, more than my family, more than, you know, my teammates. But I would say for the majority of the time, I'm just, uh, way more unselfish version of myself. And, and, you know, for, for me, it's something I got to do on a, on a day-to-day basis to, you know, to not jump back into those, um, you know, to those bad habits to jump back into the, the really, really poor solution instead of staying in, uh, staying in the right solution where I'm at for me and my family. So I'd say that's the biggest difference. Were you ever worried that you might not play again? I know you had the contract, but that there was maybe some concern. You, I mean, you ended up getting a 27-game suspension and got times. reduced, right? Yeah. <laughs> like so. Yeah. How many times? I mean, yeah. big how time. Many, so when you played that first game back, uh, which I think was November 15th, if I'm not mistaken, like, did you take that all in? I, was that a moment for you? Big time. I think, I think even before that, you know, you, you get into situations, um, you know, 
in my personal life where even back in 2015, 2016, I, I go to rehab after that season. And, you know, the hardest thing to do is like, well, I, nothing's going to be ever the same. Like people are going to know that, you know, I don't have it all together. Like, am I going to, am I going to play again? Or are they going to have me back all this stuff, which is completely unfounded. I think the, the world itself is just, you know, evolving to the point where we, we understand mental health, um, addiction, things like that a lot better. But yes, after <laughs> I spent my first father's day in a jail cell, I mean, at, at at that point, things aren't going very well. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, aside from everything in the per in your personal life, like your career is pretty much hanging in the balance, if not almost over um, at that point. And then going back that same year to rehab again, which is what I needed at the time. I didn't I didn't know I needed that. Uh, you know, I had a, a really hard time dealing with coming out of the suspension. And, you know, you get into a situation like that, and it's tough. You, you know, there's limitations on what you can and can't say um, in terms of, you know, kind of defending yourself or whatever it is, you know, yeah. you just kind of got to take it all on the chin. Yep. And I was so lucky to have an extremely good support staff around me, but it, it adds up, you know, it took its toll on me and I went, <laughs> You know, I went back to rehab in January, um, almost three years ago now, but I was just exhausted. Um, you know, I was trying to change the narrative of who I was by the way that I played. And, you know, I don't play a, I don't play a very skilled soft game. So I'd, I'd hit people during the game and, you know, all the, all the chat afterwards, oh, there goes, there goes the abuser hitting people again. Like it just wore on me. Like I, I didn't know how to handle it at all. Mm. Um, and I, I finally cracked, but to go that last time and to, I don't know how long I was there, two months, maybe, um, two and a half months and really just sit there and give it all up and be like, you know what? I think my career may or may not be over right now, but that's not the end. I'll be all, I got a three-year-old at home. I got a, I got a wife I got to take care of. And I got, I, I don't want to, I don't want to die at this point. So let me take care of me. Let me let other, let the people here that are qualified to help me take care of me, get my shit straight. And the, the career stuff, that, that was for the first time I'd ever been okay with maybe not being able to play hockey. Yet. Being okay with what would I do afterwards? You know what? I'll figure it out. But as long as I'm healthy, it'll be all right. So yeah, at that point I was pretty well, I was pretty well convinced that it could go either way. Uh, the last question I want to ask you about this, and that's because you wear 16 for Brian McGratton, who was a former Ottawa Senator, who you ended up playing with in Nashville. What part did he play in your recovery? I think for a guy like, for a guy like Gratz and, you know, all the guys that have come, that had gone through similar situations before I had, you see it as just a, as hope that you can cling to. Um, you know, cause when you, when you're first, you know, kind of right in there, I mean, your first day in rehab is like, Whoa, uh Oh, like you have, you don't have any, like any say in anything. It's just, a, you know, your phone's gone. You get a schedule 
all kinds of shit. And you're just like, wow, man, I feel so helpless. But you see guys like, like Gratz and like Jordan Tutu, guys that, guys that at least I've been around up until that point. And you see where they're at in their lives. And it just, there's so much, there's so much hope in that. Mm. And that's why, that's why I don't, that's why I try to talk about it as like as openly as I can as well, because, you know, I know for me what they did and, you know, you talk to, you know, you talk to grads or talk to toots on the phone here and there, but everybody's got busy lives. You're not talking all the time, but you see, you know, you see articles written, you see guys come on podcasts or on hockey night in Canada and you, you see them talk about where they were and where they're at today. And if I can, you know, by just sharing a little bit of my own story, if I can be a glimmer of hope for the next guy to go through it, then, then that makes all the difference. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been lucky to have a lot of great guys inside of hockey and outside of hockey that um, are relatable and, you know, able to give it, give advice and help through certain situations. And, um, you know, I think all, for the most part, a lot of us that are going through the same things are just very open to, um, you know, being there for the next guy. And, and Austin, I appreciate your openness because it really is, uh, it's obviously not easy to talk about or it wasn't easy for a long time. And so for, I, for you just to open it up, I'm just appreciative of you answering the questions. Um, I do want to get back to you on the ice. And one of the things I looked up was during hockey fights is why do you fight Pat Maroon so much? I have no idea. <laughs> Three I, times absolutely. now. And there's one in the preseason too. So oh, four. Wow. Yeah. He came and found me in the preseason. I don't know what I was doing, man. I, th- I could have been running around like a donkey a little bit. Like it's exciting. Those first couple of preseason games after you get back, like you just want to, you just want to get going. Um, like you found me there, but I have no idea um, why that is. My, <laughs> 2016, 17, the year that um, we played six games more than meth. <laughs> um, I, okay, I, I can take it. You can't. You can, you're, you're far enough removed from the situation that you can, you can process it. Um, I fought a lot that year, and I was just really unwilling to – go back playing the minors. Uh, just matter of fact, I, at that point I would do whatever I needed to do to stick around and stay. And I fought Pat that year. And then every year since pretty much I fight Pat. I don't know why. <laughs> do you know him? Like, have you ever had a conversation with him? Do you guys laugh? About no, him? just conversation conversations on the ice. I mean, I think there was one game in, in, in St. Louis that we fought right off the drop, but he hadn't played the night before. And I think I, I took a run at maybe it was done. Um, that was still in St. Louis. And I, I, one of those head over heels, like I caught him and Pat wasn't overly happy about that, but we played it back to back home and home. Like something's going to happen in those games. That was why it was crazy <laughs> last year too. He played the same team so many times. Yeah. There's so much animosity just from, previous you know things that happened in previous games so he grabbed me there we're skating around we're just like we're, we're going and i'm like that's that's fine if they whatever they do and then so you gotta put your lineups in and oftentimes in in nashville it'd be like myself colton sissons um a guy like nick benino we'd start games a lot just especially on the road because you know you get that you know that second matchup or whatever it is 
and Labby started us and Bat was out there and he just kind of, all right, fine, let's get it over with now and go play the rest of the game. <laughs> you, uh, you've also fought like Tom Wilson. There's some been some heavyweights. I, is there anybody you don't want to fight? And the one name that comes to mind for me is Adano Chara, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I've never, never gotten into much with Big Z, thankfully. Um, <laughs> the big, strong man. And I tell you, first playing as long as he has to still keep that main streak is uh, is pretty Wild. impressive. It's impressive, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you place, I, I, not, luckily not at that point in my career yet, I don't think, um, where it gets a little, it can get a little tiring, but it does sometimes, you know, just staying on edge all the time. I mean, he is mean on the ice and you got to respect it. But no, I, I would not like to fight him, I don't think. I'm not afraid of anybody either. That's... That's I was going to say, Wally, I was going to tell Wally that I'm like, as soon as he asked the question, I'm like, I don't know one guy who fights regularly that ever said they were scared of fighting another player. It just uh, never comes out of your mouths. Well, I, I think another thing is, too, there's not a guy with a uh, with a losing record in fights like mine that's just willing to keep doing it. And it's it's tough because. Uh, I'm 6'3", 195 pounds soaking wet. I mean, you see me at the golf course. I'm a skinny kid and just <laughs> kind of wiry. I don't know. Yeah. You know. I'm giving up for the most part. If I'm fighting these tough guys, I'm giving up 30, 35 pounds and, uh, and an attitude that I'm on the wrong side of. I'm, you know, not overly mean spirited. Um, yeah. I don't really get overly angry or anything like that. I just, I, I have a lot of energy. So, you know, I, I don't go into a ton of these thinking like, oh, I'm going to beat the wheels off this guy. It's like, well, <laughs> there's either somebody taking liberties with somebody and I will always stand up for a teammate. I don't care who it is. It's just, it's been ingrained in me. Um, you know, a little bit of that old school as well as like, I play a physical game. So there are going to be times where I'm going to get challenged and you know, you, th that is definitely a little bit of an old school mentality where, you know, you, you don't, you don't back down from those challenges. So it's changing a little bit, you know, there, there'll be times more often than not now where you turn down a fight or, you know, you don't get into a situation just cause you don't like, there's, there's the game to be played as well. Um, but you know, if it happens, it, it happens and, you know, I hate to see how like oh, each guy needs to win a fight. Like, yeah, maybe I'm not even trying to get beat up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, no, I'm not going in there like, hey, man, keep, please punch me in the face. This is fun. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what what do people really think? <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's given you it's given you a ton of longevity, and 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 you found a role, and it's not like you're having to fight all the time, and you're big enough that. If you ever feel like you're probably getting into trouble, you've got those long monkey arms that you can hold people off, right? And that's something that I think you can use as a as a tool set whenever you are in trouble. So it makes the job a little easier. But I will say this, to your credit, hardest job in the NHL for sure. I, goalies are up there, playing in net is up there, but having to worry about fighting a guy on any given night, I can in front of 18,000 people, I don't think enough people truly understand the pressure involved. It's not that it ever hurts you, it's more the ego and all that stuff that gets involved, right? And that gets challenging. Well, and that's just the, the way the world is right now, too. There's so much social media shaping the way that yeah. <clears throat> that we think. Like, 
If there yeah. wasn't hockeyfights.com, I bet you there'd be a good amount more fighting, but guys don't want to get beat up. Guys don't want exactly. to, guys don't want to have to look at that and see 75, 25, this guy won. And I'm like, oh man, like yeah. nobody thinks nobody thinks I'm was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. Yeah. But you no, know, he, it's it's not like the old days either where you have to think about it. That's no, true. Yeah. Um, you you know when there's you know when there's one of the one of the big boys in and um you know you're not really thinking about like oh I gotta fight this guy or not but you know like you better be prepared if something does go down that you might yeah. get involved. But I think it's a little it's a little better nowadays where you don't really well, have to think about it so much. When we came in the league, you came into the league around the same time as I did, and I never fought. The only time I ever fought was because I laid somebody out and I had to defend myself because teams had two, one or at least two tough guys, right? Crazy. Like those first few years, like the like 2008, 9, 10, and even prior to that, obviously, every team had a couple players. And it's like now, like you guys are turning into dinosaurs. Like the fact, like the fact <laughs> is you don't you don't have a lot of no, but I'm serious, like it's a credit yeah. to you guys that you're managing to stay in the league because you're, you're not one dimensional, but you don't have those one dimensional guys anymore. No, that, and that's the biggest thing. Like, uh, you know, you get that kind of question a lot about fighting a little bit. You, you have to be able to, to play the game at a high, high enough level to be effective in other areas. Like for me, it's, for me, it's penalty killing and exactly. being, you know, a, a difficult player to play against it's not you know free ice things like that but you have to be able to skate too that's the hardest yep. part it's not pretty like i'm not an elite skater by any stretch i wouldn't even say i'm a very good skater but i get it done you have to be able to get it done if you can't skate you can't play agreed um will you get teeth or do you have fake teeth at some point that you'll put in <laughs> <laughs> Not anytime soon, I don't think. Um, when I'm when I'm done, maybe. Uh, I have the work done. I have like the bone graft in between. I don't have any um, any teeth to pop in. I had them early on. I never wore them. Um, wife and two kids. Um, she yeah, thinks you're not trying. Cute. To- <laughs> yeah, she, I think she thinks it's cute. Like it's not overly attractive, but I think she thinks it's like endearing. So I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I miss, I was missing a few, and I, I was same as you, uh, Wadi. Where like there was just no point in getting them put in, right? Because if you do get s- cracked with another stick or a puck, and you have those teeth in, it can crack your palate, right? Yeah. So you, you may as well just wait till you're done. Last thing I want to do is break a jaw. You saw, I think it was in New Jersey. Enzo lost a couple. And I was asking him after, because I hate teeth stuff. Like, there's not Same. much worse. It, it just, like, it's a bad feeling to have broken teeth in your mouth. And he's like, no, it didn't hurt. Meanwhile, he's got, like, seven veneers. And they just all kind of, like, <laughs> crack and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. <laughs> it, is a, it is a shit feeling, eh? Like, you get, like, you get all the blood pooling, and it's, like, that grainy chippy feeling in your mouth where your tooth is like disintegrated and you spit it out and then then it dawns on you you're like those fucking things are never growing back they are never coming back no the worst and i'm assuming that you've had this is when like they break and the roots kind of hanging underneath oh it's the worst oh it's so much pain i don't even like stepping back and talking about it because it hurts Yeah, i'm getting goosebumps (laughs) yeah Yeah. all right i'll move on um if yeah. the two of you, if the 
2017 Sens and Preds met in the Stanley Cup final, who would have won? This is so funny. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm I mean, we we took them to seven games. We did, right? But coulda woulda shoulda. We we weren't there. Coulda so woulda shoulda. I mean, we we played Pitt and six, and you know we had a we had our hands full in Pittsburgh big time. But being here now and having all the training staff, there's not maybe a couple guys that were even around players wise during that time, but the trainers, they all remember, right? Like they're, and you talk to them and they're just like, we would have slapped you guys. Like (laughs) we needed, we needed to get through that series and we would, we would have a cup ring, but the same goes for us in Nashville. We're sitting there and if we could have just played Ottawa, like five games max, we would have smoked these guys. Yeah, but Nashville's a uh, like because I played a ton against Nashville when I was the Columbus and we were in the West. You guys oh, yeah. were in the same division as us. I hated playing in there. It was such a tough barn to play in. And then you got Tim McGraw's theme song. That song comes on that I like. Oh, yeah, it. I love it. Annoying. Oh man, I'd hear that five times a night when I played there. It was brutal. <laughs> Is it worse than the Cannon in Columbus though? Like I don't know. You tune it out. Like at one point, I just you don't even notice it anymore. But yeah, anyway. the, the the way the city was buzzing there i mean it was loud but we came out of a series with anaheim when you guys were playing pittsburgh and i don't even know what the politically correct way to term this is like it was just it was violent and and the rules were just different yeah um prison rules thank you for saying that thank you for saying that as somebody that's been to jail i I didn't think i wanted to double (laughs) double up on that (laughs) um (laughs) so (laughs) yeah it was it was it was different you guys the west was always a little more physical i'll give you that like for sure and and pittsburgh wasn't a very big team just a ton of skill right right so So we came into that series and we came out of the anaheim series where like you couldn't skate down the ice without giving a slash a punch you know tripping a guy grabbing a guy like it was you know, we almost reversed about 10 years at that point. Um, and you see a lot of talk about that now, actually, you know, the different rules in the playoffs. And it, it, I think that's a little bit two-sided. Like, I, I think maybe there is, they call it a little bit looser, but at the same time, guys are playing harder. 100%. Yeah. And, and it's not just, it's not just your third and fourth line guys. It's, up and down the lineup, everybody is giving everything skill-wise, physicality-wise. It's it's just it's completely different hockey game, as you know. So yeah. you know it's tough to sit here and you know kind of oh like oh is it ref differently? Like man, I don't even know if it is. I think just guys play harder. Yeah, yeah. Your your top two lines, like your your. It's not just your your role players that are going right into the net. Right. Like when you're when you get a shot on goal and you're stopping right in the crease every friggin' time you get into yeah. the zone, your top line guys are doing that too now all of a sudden. And it's creating way more scrums, creates way more animosity. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it is, but then we went into Pittsburgh and it was it was not a physical series. It was yeah. like you said, it was speed. I mean, you guys, you know better than anybody going to seven games with them. It was speed and it was skill. I can't yeah. remember. I think we might have taken 12 penalties in game one. Just because, like, 
it was just different. I mean, we yeah, we, sure. we looked we looked like we were just grabbing, hacking, whacking, <laughs> and Sid, you got Sid and Malkin and these guys just kind of skating around, wanting to put it through guys. And yep. uh, it, was, it was different. It was different. So that that caught up to us. We uh, we lost both games in pit. Won both games in Nashville to take it two two, and then game six was rough. One nothing. The the goal called back the uh, the intent to blow. That was pretty crazy. I still don't know what that means. <laughs> and then uh, I think it was Hornquist there banked it off of uh, Arena with like two and a half three minutes left. I mean it was it was nuts. It was nuts. So Ottawa would have won, is what you're saying. What I'm saying is we would have slapped Ottawa. <laughs> the the sixteen seventeen Ottawa centers, uh, we would have we would have beat them. I think. Fair enough. I, I can't. We'll agree just... to disagree on that. We can do it forever. That's right. Um, I, I'm gonna let you go. Sorry. One question I want to ask, and that is, I have to word this. Well, I don't know. Uh, does Brendan Lemieux need to? be attentive when he's on the ice facing the Ottawa Senators in the next game? Maybe. It's one of those things where, yes, we, we won. Brady can handle himself, yeah. as we've seen. Like, Brady's easily tougher than me. Like, might be might, – he, he's tough, he's big, he's mean. He can handle himself. Um. But at, at the same time, yeah, we all talk about having each other's back. Like we, we all have Brady's back and the center's back in that situation. Now, that being said, there's, there's so much time between yeah. games. Yeah, and I, was say. I also feel like, you know, even watching the New York, uh, Washington stuff at the beginning of the year, I, I, I believe that was more headline stuff than it was, with the teams because they played shortly after that. There Mm -hmm. were a bunch of fights. Things were dealt with in whatever manner they were. And in my opinion, that should have been the end of it. And it was, you know, you didn't have, you didn't have the big Reeves, Tom Wilson square off and all this stuff that, you know, was that the headlines kind of wanted to create. So who knows? We don't play LA till, Next year, I believe we're done with yeah. them for the year. Yeah. So, you know, guys, guys do have long memories. I'm sure, you know, we we were not thrilled with the situation at all. I mean, you can't bite people, man. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Granted, I've never been put in that spot because I, I don't even think I could bite anybody. Well, that's why I, I was going to ask <laughs> you your thoughts on biting because I'm like, you can't. Thoughts on biting aren't very good because I don't even know if I'm capable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah it's anyway it's listen i hope you guys can pick up where you left off and you're starting to continue that role uh because you're playing some really good hockey and and even if you guys lose games i will admit it is entertaining like there's never a quit in you guys and so i find that's very entertaining to watch and so uh for the fans who sit here and get to watch uh we appreciate the no quit if you will uh with this team this year well we uh we appreciate you guys all the fans it's it's tough right now um you know, seeing seeing that come down to fifty percent capacity. I, yeah. I mean, for us, for us as well. You know, it's it's terrible for the fans, but it's also like, man, really, like we we miss 
we missed the fans dearly last year. And yeah. we've had some games, we've had some games this year. I mean, we would love to see it packed out every night situation is what it is. But, you know, we've had, you know, a couple Saturday games against, uh, against Colorado and a couple games like that where the building, the building was pretty well packed and man, is that you miss that. Yeah. You miss that as a player, that, that adrenaline, that excitement that gets created. And, um, you know, hopefully this is just kind of a blip on the radar with the, you know, the capacity limits and, and pausing and stuff like that. And hopefully we will be back real soon to, uh, having a pack CTC. Cause man, is it, uh, is it exciting to play in there when, uh, when we're rolling and the, and the crowd's rolling. Will you go skate on the canal this year if it's open and whenever it opens? I don't know. I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say no, that. I was going to say, if you're, if you're allowed out. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> point. Whatever the, whatever the protocols are, yeah. if it allows yeah. potentially, uh, there you go. Far, but I skated the canal back in like, how old was I? 12. So like 2004, huh? they, what was it? The, the bell cup, the Ottawa tournament, yeah, yeah. The, bell capital cup. I it was yeah. yeah. I, uh, I played in that with, uh, with copywear and we went and skated the canal. That was my first experience with beaver tail. Um, the, <laughs> the, the cinnamon, man, those were good. Cinnamon and sugar beaver tails. Oh, yeah. Man. They're so good. Oh, so good. Ah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you played in the Bell Capital Cup. That's uh, that's you also played in the Pee Wee, the Quebec Pee Wee tournament as well. I think that year or one of them. Yep, that was yeah. tough. Lost to an lost to a Michigan team in the final. They went through the losers bracket. I know. Like I seem to get in those situations. <laughs> they went through the losers bracket. Schwinnigan didn't play a game for like a month and a half and beat us in London. Like uh, I don't know. Well, okay, uh, you, did you grow up a Red Wings fan? Obviously, yeah, being in Michigan. You have never scored a point in eight career games against Detroit. And I was just curious if that was a team that you were or, or building. You're like, man, I just want to score. Here. Well, you came with like, you came with the hot stats early. Like you were really pumping me up there. <laughs> Talking junior stats. And yes. Yeah, so now he's burying you. You just, you just kind of ruined it. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yes, I have not. Um Actually, I'll, I'll tell one last little blurb about Detroit, and then we can move on from that. I got – so it was my first year, first full year, 2015-16. I was a I was a mess. I was a full-blown daily drinker. Um, I got so banged up in Detroit the night before we were about to play them at the Joe. I woke up to no alarm at like 9.30 – for a 9:45 bus, and almost missed my only chance at playing at Joe Louis. But I got it in. Wow! I, I got it in. I think it was minus two. Definitely no points, as Wally's mentioned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that would have been pretty devastating. I would have. I would have. What year, Water? What year? Sorry, I don't mean to drag out this question. What year would that have been? 15-16. 15 Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I was going to say if it was any earlier, that's when they had a really good team, but. Never mind. No, that was like, I think that was Larkin's first year. Yeah. Larkin's yeah, first year. I mean, I remember that because he danced me um, inside the blue line. Funny things you can remember. I almost, I missed, almost missed the bus, banged up. And then uh, I remember Larkin dancing me for a dash. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I'm just here to help keep you grounded, Wadi. Is that's all? I just want to make sure when I pump you up that I make sure 
We just keep some of the notes that keep you grounded. I didn't want your head to get too big. Well, hey, now, you know, moving from the West to the East, it's uh, have a little motivation for, uh, for that game to find, find a way, maybe like an empty net first or second assist when we're winning four, two, I'll take that. Perfect. Uh, what I will say is, uh, this is perfect timing because I know you got your new baby who's eight months old. You're going to have your first Christmas with them. Uh, I'm excited for you to uh, continue on this season and, and I hope you have a great holiday. At least you get to be at home for a bit here while the NHL sorts itself out. Absolutely. Well, uh, like we said before, it's it, the situation's fluid. It is what it is, but you know, for us, it's uh, nice to be able to spend a few days at home with, with, uh, with the family and enjoy opening up Christmas gifts and putting everything. The worst part about Christmas is putting everything. Yes, it is. I agree completely. I'm um, not very good with that stuff. <laughs> just don't throw out the instructions. Uh, all the best this holiday season. Uh, Austin, we appreciate your time. Merry Christmas to you and the family. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, guys. Merry Christmas to you, too, and uh, talk to you guys down the road. Sounds good, brother. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. See you, buddy. I appreciate it. Welcome back to the show and a special thank you to Austin Watson and Nick Paul, of course. Uh, time now to bring in our good friend Santa's helper, uh, Craig, by the way, uh, brought to you by gongshowgear.ca. Still go to gongshowgear.ca and pick up your Wally Mathot merch or if you need a new bucket or a new toque or some mitts, all that stuff, shop at gongshowgear.ca, our good friends. Okay, uh, I don't know, do sh- Elfie, what do we call you? This Craig is fun. <laughs> I'll put a hat on. That's all that's really, really the only thing that's changed is I'm wearing a hat. So Nobody put on another sweater. So hurtful. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to do some Christmas stuff. So at least we'll do that. Besides, I mean, some people can see it. Some people can only hear us. They're going to hear that I'm wearing a hat. And that's not that exciting. But so we're going to give everybody a little, uh, some Christmas stuff to, to talk about here. Uh, so I, I just kind of put some random Christmas questions, a little bit rapid fire. I just want to get your take. A lot of them are uh, opportunities for hot takes around the holidays. Uh, some of them, I just, uh, maybe some, you guys can give me some little stories or something, but we'll start, uh, we'll start with the food stuff because uh, we didn't ask Godson Austin about his favorite snack. So we'll talk about snacks. No. What yeah. do you think it would be? What do you think his favorite snack would be? He'd be, no, he'd be no out there. Yeah. I'm going to have to say that and find out. Yeah, probably not apples or something, right? With those lack of front teeth. No, but, there's uh, no, there's no pickles and hey. crackers with whatever. Oh, oh God, dog did. O'Neill or whatever. Yeah. That was <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, these are these are three things that I think are pretty delicious. But if you guys pick three on the table, there's uh, turtles, there's Ferrero Rocher, I think that's how it's pronounced, and Toblerone. Which one are you grabbing first? Ferrero well, for Rocher, me, turtles, Toblerone. For me, it's not even close. It's Ferrero Rocher. I used to be Team Turtles. Okay. But um, in fact, for my birthday recently, I. The kids gave me like 30 Ferrero Rochers. I had to put them out in a bowl for everybody or otherwise I just would have ate them all. So yeah, I'm uh, the same way, Wally. Ferreros. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. When the, when the, like, I'm the same, like we have a chocolate drawer in my house um, and it's like, it just, we run through it. Like I have, I, th- I think I have a good piece of dark chocolate after almost every meal. Like that's how bad I am. So um, in this case, I, I'd probably go with the turtles. I mean, I, I'm, I like them all though. All three of them. That, that's, that's a hard one to me. They all kind of fall in that same category. They all have like nuts in them and stuff. So yeah, they're all good. Okay. I got something for you. Cause my wife makes a Toblerone fudge uh, and it's Ooh. extremely, so I, you know what? I will, I'll drop some. Uh, um, do you have any peanut it. allergies, Craig? No, no. Uh, I'll get some drop. What are the, what are the nuts in Toblerone? 
I don't. It's they not don't, even. They I don't have like little. Is. I think it's fake. No, don't they have like yeah, they have something in there. I think, but yeah, it's I'm not even announced <laughs> with the turtles. We're idiots. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, here, here, here's the here's the next one. Then the, your current tree is it real or is it artificial? The, the tree that is in your house. Uh, we tried by we tr- we went to a tree farm last year, yeah. and Ellie, Ellie, you know how they can be sometimes. <laughs> I want that one. I'm like. Do you understand how big that thing is right now? Because when you're at a tree farm, they look normal, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ellie, if we put that thing in our house, it's going to be like a Griswold thing once we release the, the, the you know, the thread. So sure, sure as shit, just to prove a point. I'm like, okay, let's get this one. We cut it down. We bring it home. And it not only sheds needles all over my floor everywhere, it barely fits in the house. We've got high ceilings in our home. It was leaning on the ceiling. So since then... By the way, that tree, after a couple of days, I lost my mind. I grabbed it when she left and I chucked it out the front door. It was in the driveway and we ended up going with an artificial tree and we still have an artificial tree. I understand they're not good for the environment. I don't care. Brent. I, can't, I, I can't top that story. I just, I wish there was a video of this, but uh, I have both. So uh, in our family room, we have uh, a fake or a real one so that you can smell what oh. And then you have all the Christmas, the stupid decorations you've got from kids over the years that they've made at school. And then the other one, uh, we have this nice tree for the parents or the adults. Multiple so, trees. Yeah. Wow. Talk yeah, about big. privilege. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I was not I, expecting both. I didn't. That's not even an option. Yeah. Out there. I, said, really fake. Tree. I didn't have two trees. Yeah. So <laughs> I probably should have just stuck with one there. I I do not like the real tree, right? And too many needles all over Terrible. the place, but you do it for the kids. That's a, the only reason we did it was so that the kids could experience having a real tree in the house. Well, it smells good. It's got a it, nice smell yeah, to it. But it's so much anyway, work right. and the cleanup is horrendous. So, okay. I got uh, one for you guys here, Craig. Oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. piggyback off you. So we get this rolling. Yeah. Uh, better Christmas dinner between you two, turkey or ham? Oh, well, Brent's probably going to say both, I imagine. It's, it's going to take the easy way out again. Aristocrat. I'll take, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say turkey, I guess. But the reason, I love both. I'm like, I, I would eat both. Um, but there's nothing better than like cold, like cold, tur- like uh, when it's winter out, a nice turkey, yes. tons of leftovers. Not that no. you can't have leftovers with ham no. too. But Wally, think, what are you, what are you cooking? Are you cooking a turkey? Uh, no. So, uh, do you want, do I have to explain this? So no, on just Christmas, tell me what you like. <laughs> all right, turkey. I, and don't okay, make it. I don't okay. want cold. I like I don't want turkey leftovers. too. Yeah. I, all right. Same. Same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. How about this one? Uh, you guys both got kids. I got kids. Predict your wake up time for Christmas morning this year. If you had to guess oh, based off previous years. I, you're, I'm so you're busy now because our kids are 16 and 14. So 9, 9, 30, 10. Yeah. Oh my God. What a... You guys are yeah. so lucky. <laughs> oh, we're just, we're sailing through life right now. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm an early bird anyway. Like it doesn't matter if I can sleep in or not. I'm still up at like six. I was telling Wally earlier before we started, I was a bit four this morning. So um, I just, I'm a bit of a nut job when it comes to my sleep. I like to go to bed really early and get up early. So my kids are up usually around six thirty-seven, and I'm already awake having a coffee. So it's all good. Yeah, your kids are probably young enough that they're not like psycho about Christmas yet. Where they not yet. Before. So you're probably okay. And Brent's like, I'm kind of a little bit in the thick of it yeah. with, with mine. But we said, man, we've, we always said, we were actually talking about it this morning. I'm trying to bargain. They're telling me seven. I'm bargaining for like eight. 
Just give me a bit oh. eight. Oh, oh my god, seven for me sleeping in. I'm I thinking know. like there's no there's no question. Seven, Craig, come on, you're right in the you're in the middle of it. You All got right. like I used to go wake yeah. the kids up at like six and drive my wife nuts. Like it's Christmas time, oh. let's get going. Yeah, it's cool to see them get all fired up for it. Yeah. I can't wait for that. My son right now, he's paying attention every morning to where I put the elf on the shelf. You know, <laughs> I tell him it's magic. You know, he moves around in the evenings. And um, so right in the morning, he'll be like, dad, dad, come and look. It moved again. You know, yeah. so I, oh, I'm excited for that. That's Christmas magic right there, I think. Yeah, that's good stuff. See, that's the yeah. best part. So do you have any rules at Christmas morning? Like, are the kids allowed to leave their rooms before you see them or anything? Are there rules? Well, my daughter, my daughter's two. She's in a crib, right? And my son, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm already awake. He won't get up any earlier than seven, probably. He's pretty consistent. The only rule in my house is don't come, don't wake me up before eight. That's the that's the only rule this year. So I'll keep that one. Hey, I got one for you guys. Uh okay, you know those little oranges they're in season right now? Uh yeah. Yeah. Are they mandarins? Okay. Well, actually, that's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. I was gonna ask, what do you guys call them? Uh, I got uh, yeah. Clementines, tangerines. Or little ass oranges. I call them tangerines. Yeah, I call them whatever's written on the box, which is, I think is mandarin. Yeah, same. So I'm going yeah. mandarin. Okay, I'm okay. a Clementine guy. So boys, we're yeah. on this one. Okay, okay. All right. How about this one? We're gonna stick with food here because that's what we do best. Uh, the eggnog debate. Is it good or is eggnog gross? I love it. I love eggnog. I love eggnog and rum. Put them together, and I'm gonna pound it. I used to like eggnog. It's too sweet now. Like I just I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have a you can't have a full carton of it. Obviously. Could you imagine like being pounded on eggnog and wake up the next morning? I'd want to like. Oh just, my god! Be, I'd be, I'd be puking done. rally. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no yeah. eggnog. Okay, well I'm gonna vote gross because that's uh, it's not for me. So okay, have you uh, had though the farm boy one? No, I'm not, that's uh, yeah. the thing. I don't. I've heard I'm the farm boy one. I've had them all. Okay. Yeah, they're really good. Okay. All right. Well, how about we keep things with good things? Uh, what are your top three holiday desserts? In no order. Just give me your best. The three that you look forward to that you only really eat around the holidays and those things. You have three desserts that you're expecting to see over the over the course of this month. You go, man. I can't think of anything. I'm such a savory <laughs> guy. Like I, other than dark chocolate, I, I don't eat a lot of dessert stuff. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I can't. I can't give. I got nothing. Because by the time you're done your turkey dinner and all the fixings and appetizers that go along with it prior, it's like yeah. I, I'm okay. like barely getting through my turkey at that point, let alone dessert. My, my wife's at least an expert baker. And so yeah. there's all kinds of oh, little true. cookies and chocolates and all there's, there's one thing she yeah. makes called, this is probably shouldn't Christmas crack. It's because everybody eats it all up. So uh, yeah, I don't, th I don't believe it's got crack in it. I just want to say that, yeah. they, it's, but it's just a dessert. Anyway, there's some really good stuff. So yeah, I don't have a particular favorite. Okay. Nice. Fair, fair enough. All right. How about, uh, how about this one? What's the worst song that you hear this time of year? What's a song that drives you nuts? All of them. Oh, All my God. Can I, can I take this one quickly first? My dad. Oh, so my dad, starting at Christmas when I was a kid, because he's, he's from out east, uh, out east, eastern Ontario guy, super French, like farmer. Um, they would listen to uh, like French folk New Year's music. Um, so there's a song called Ziga dans les You have to look it up. It's insane. Uh. It's like one of those French, like I got the spoons on my lap. Yeah, I can hear. And from like new, from like Christmas to New Year's, it, that's all I would hear, and it would drive my brother and I absolutely bonkers. Like it was to the point where we thought he was trolling us. So other than that, you give me Mariah Carey, give me all that good stuff, John Lennon. I don't care. I love it. 
but any of the fr- the French folk New Year music, I mean, it's kind of grown on me now, but I used to despise that. Okay, I just have one question about Christmas music. Why is it that there's only five songs and that's everybody sings them? Can't we just, the only reason Mariah Carey's song gets played all the time is because it's different. Can we not oh, just Wally, make some new songs? No, <laughs> you're being a... You're being a freaking hater right now. It's a good song, man. It's so catchy. When a, those bells I, click at the start, <laughs> I don't want a lot for Christmas or whatever. Are we, are we gonna release going? a Christmas album? Is that what we is that where we're going with this? Is Ours would be like the chipmunks, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. Oh my god. Thank you. I underneath fucking the hate that song. The chipmunk song. I want to strangle the chipmunks when I hear it. So yeah, we'll say that one, or I'll get my pellet gun. Mm. Wow, All right, this one I think. Dark turn. I think this this one this one's either going to be unanimous or we're going to have some attention here. Are you for or against NHL games on Christmas Day? Against when I played, uh, for now that I'm a spectator because yeah. I'm bored. If I don't have to work it, that's fine. Okay. That's but it's all the that's what I meant I by to play. Yeah. Wally yeah. and I are exactly on the same page here. Yeah, Matt, I got this one thing before we go. I looked up to see how you were around the holiday season. So I looked up your games just before, which is like the 22nd or 23rd and the 26th or 27th uh-huh. after. You are uh-huh. combined three, seven, and two, one assist in uh, seven, 10, 12 games. <laughs> Not a holiday guy. Well, you know what? A lot of you that nailed it I was in. Also, I was also, was that just, well, was that Ottawa Senators or all the games, including Columbus? It goes It goes from 08 to 2016. So it would be- Yeah, well, games. in Columbus- I would look forward to the break, right? Because like you're away from home and you're yeah. young, and so yeah. your mind wasn't really there. But I'd be curious to see what the contrast would be between the Columbus numbers and the Ottawa numbers. So there's well, some so homework. When did you come to Ottawa again? Twenty what? Twenty two thousand and twelve. Yeah. So your first four games on the twenty third or twenty second are zero and four. Good. Yeah. So that would be they're all Columbus games. Yeah. Yeah, you mailed it in. Anyway, I just thought we'd yeah, I mailed that it. happy note. <laughs> yeah, okay. we, can, we can call it there. <laughs> uh, by the way, before just a thank you to all our sponsors because as we get to the holiday season, of course, Whitewater and Sports Interaction and uh, BEI and, of course, Gong Show, all these guys that take care of us, uh, thank you to them. But also a thank you to all of you who have started to listen and, and tune in and write comments and interact. All that stuff is phenomenal. Uh, to everybody that's helped out the show, that's a huge thank you to all of them. And to you two clowns, uh, thank you to you two, and I hope you have a great holiday because uh, you guys have deserved it. Thanks, Wally. Thanks, yeah, Craig. Yeah, right back at you, boys. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. We will Merry see Christmas. you on Monday. <laughs>